I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author and certified master hypnotist, Kimberly Friedmutter, author of Subconscious Power, Use Your Inner Mind to Create the Life You've Always Wanted. When Hollywood has a problem, Kimberly Friedmutter solves it. But living up to your dreams isn't reserved for the exceptionally talented or lucky. Everyone has the birthright to accept, expect the exceptional and the amazing force to make it a reality, hidden deep below the conscious mind. Instead of giving readers one more thing to do, she gives readers a hundred less things to do. In the process, they learn how to cut through the clutter of everyday life and disappointment, let go of common yet false beliefs, move past anxiety, and more. She is a UCLA Health Systems Board member and, as I said, a certified master hypnotist and has appeared on Entertainment Tonight, Fox, TLC, and CNN. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you here, Kimberly. Oh, thanks for having me, Catherine. Well, okay. Well, it sounds simple when you say it and when you write about it, but I have to ask you, I mean, is it really that simple to expect the exceptional and truly get what we want out of life? So that's a very good question, and thanks for asking, because it's actually (laughs) more simple. I know it sounds so complex, and and when I was approached to write the book, I did say I absolutely cannot, you know, give people one more thing to do because we're so inundated and so busy, and especially in these times, you know, anxiety is at an all-time high and depression and all of these statistics that are showing us that we're just not doing so great, and so I thought now is the perfect time to just make it simpler for people and to simplify because we've actually been, you know, the old uh, saying that, you know, if you want something to fly, you can't like really squeeze it. If it's like a butterfly in your hand or a little bird in your hand, you know, you just can't choke it. You got to let it be free and then it moves about as it's supposed to with energy. That's where we're at. You know, we're literally choking ourselves with our conscious mind and case in point, like, for example, we're double-minded. So just to go back to the basics, the conscious mind is what we do each day with our day, our task maker, our calendar keeper, where our subconscious mind is all the touchy-feely stuff. It's our dreams. It's our emotions. It's our hopes and aspirations. It runs our body. You know, all of the things that are just automatic and done without thought. And so if we were to tap into that and let that run with our primary care during the day, We wouldn't have to think about it. So when you ask if it's really that simple, the non-thinking part of it absolutely is. It's just we've overthunk it. (laughs) Yeah, we have overthunk it. I agree with you. We have overthunk it. But, you know, one of the things, and you just mentioned the word touchy-feely, and I think sometimes people feel, "Mm, you know, hypnotist, touchy-feely, is this going to really work for me? Um, Yes. So so here's the thing, brain science, because it is, you know, first of all, trance is a natural state, and and this is very steeped in brain science. This doesn't have anything, at least my practice doesn't have anything to do with the touchy-feely part as far as, you know, like, you can't crow and you won't bark like a dog and I don't have a show, you know? <laughs> so a lot of people will say, you know, they see me running around in Las Vegas and they'll say, when's your show and where is it at? And I know no, there's no show. But what it is is brain science shows us that 
we, we very much are driven by perception. And so you go back to any touchy-feely protocol, and they do work with perception. But the truth is, like let's take dreams, for example. Everybody dreams, and we could agree that this is a concrete, real thing. Science debates what dreams actually are. Is it information in, information out, just to free up the subconscious, or does it mean something? Is there, you know, and you can look at a dream book, and it can get woo-woo, or it could be very science-y and steeped in neuroscience. So everything really has some science and art to it. I choose to stick to the science of it personally because the science of it satisfies me. And, for example, let's say a lost item around the house or your office. Let's just say that you cannot find something. So when you're in that angst and that worry of where is it, where is it, where is it, you know you almost go blind to it. It could be really like how many times have you looked for your cell phone and you're talking on it? You know, things like that. So you really are caught in the angst of it. And the the subconscious can't work like that. It has to work in the relaxation of it. So if we say, okay, what's relaxation? Relaxation is trance. You know that feeling in the morning when you just wake up and you have that floaty feeling? That's a real neuroscience moment where you're switching from subconscious into consciousness. And then all of a sudden your alarm goes off and boom, you're awake and off and running. That subconscious state is trance. Trance is a natural part of it. It's like a screensaver. Can't run it 24-7 nonstop in a conscious state. We would just frizzle and frazzle. So, for example, why do we sleep? We sleep in order for our immune system to come in and do, you know, damage control. We sleep so that we can have more uh, conscious rest so that the subconscious can do all of the busy work it needs to do. That's a real thing. There's nothing woo-woo about that. So what I'm asking people to do is get subconscious rest when they're actually awake and spend less conscious time and more zoning out time. So I was just going to ask you, is that what you mean by zoning out? And I want to talk more about zoning out in, in kind of sort of real life examples. So what do we do? How do we zone out when we are up and about and going to work and doing all the activities of daily living that you're talking about? We, we understand it when we're sleeping and our body's healing and our immune system sure. is going to. Yeah. So what do we just take us through a day sure. with zoning okay. out? And so, Yeah. Right. So, for example, let's say that there's a moment where I think we all experience between uh, 2 and 4 o'clock where we get a little low energy spell. We have a little thinking spell. And so what do we do? We go and grab a cup of coffee. I'm all for coffee, but what happens is that's just ramping you up, whereas if you gather energy yourself without a substance, it's going to be organic, natural, and sustainable. So that, how would that look? You're at the office. And you think, oh, my gosh, like I can hardly keep my eyes open. I'm tired. I'm low on energy. I've got this meeting at 4 o'clock. Got to get with it. So I'm going to run to the, the room, you know, kitchen area, and I'm going to grab a cup of coffee, and I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to drink it. Instead of that, close your eyes, sit at your desk, and imagine, deeply imagine this relaxation coming over you. It takes two seconds. Literally, you would. Feet on the floor. And imagine these roots literally extending down from the bottoms of your feet, in through the flooring, in through the cement, in through the core of the earth, all the way down, 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 down into the middle center core of the earth. Now, all we're doing is visualization. All we're doing is going to a place where there's a resource of energy. All we're doing is imagining pulling up that deep magna and that amazing uh, 
source of energy into, up through the roots, into our feet, into our body, into all of these places that are lacking energy. Do you have a headache? Do you have a backache? Are you just tired? Are you upset about something? Feeling and healing those areas through thought. Now, that sounds kind of woo-woo. And so you'd say, okay, well, how is that any different than in the middle of the night and you have the nightmare that you're running from the bear? When you're running from the bear, you wake up and you're huffing and puffing and your adrenaline is going and your blood pressure is up and you might have broken a sweat. That's a real physical thing because of your perception. So if your perception is really drawing energy up, it really does pull it into the body physically just like the substance in the coffee. So there are always two ways to get to one place, always. Is there and a difference the or what is the difference between there? this and mindful meditation? Because that's not what this is. This is different than that. Right. So the difference between meditation and trance is basically, you know, when you say zoning out, zoning in, the zone is, you know, the key component there. They're both a zone protocol. The zoning out is without thought. So, for example, if you're, if you're thinking about, you're meditating and you're thinking about and focusing just on your breath, and, you know, this is the beginning meditation 101, you're focusing on your breath, you're keeping thoughts away. With trance and zoning out, you're allowing thoughts in. It's very important to be, you know, have thoughts coming and going and coming and going because that's the movement of thought. It's like the weather. You know, the clouds are coming in, the clouds are going out. There's got to be movement. Again, not controlling it because let me say this. When Johnny is eight years old and he's staring out the window in class and the teacher taps the, the blackboard and she says, Johnny, back in here, back in here, Johnny is actually completing a really important neurological process, and that's that zoning out, daydreaming, aspirations, all of those things that Johnny might be doing later. He's setting up a path for himself without even consciously being aware of it. I have to interrupt you because that's a great example, Kimberly. I, it just, as you're describing Johnny looking out the window, I'm thinking I had three boys under the age of six babies all in car seats in the back of the seat screaming and crying and touching each other and, you know, and fighting about it. And I used to zone out. I would go and I would call it going into the zone. And and what you're talking about really works. And I had... Yeah, and it, it, I think that's what you are talking about, but it was that sort of zoning out from all this stuff, and, and then I could sort of come back in and, and, and do what I needed to do with the kids. Right, you got, you got conscious again. You did exactly that, and brilliant without even knowing it, and that's where I'm going. So it's not about, once you know, like, like principle number two is tapping into your subconscious, once you know that it is your ally, it is your best resource. If I came in and I said, Catherine, here is this machine, and I'm going to put it on your desk at your studio, and I'm going to plug it in for you, and here's the manual, and it is going to do all of your heavy lifting, you would say, can I have another one for my home? <laughs> and I would say <laughs> yes. And so the whole idea is that we are grossly missing out on this enormous resource, a natural resource. You know, I have to laugh because there was a, an Oprah episode one time where she was going to talk about, and back to earlier, talk about skincare and about how to look young forever. And it was the big secret, you know, thing. And she was going to reveal it at the end of the show. And it was this whole lead up and build up. And it was a wonderful episode. And at the end of the show, she unveiled sunscreen. And everybody booed. They, oh, oh. And she said, wait a minute. 
just a minute. She said, you might be booing because it's accessible and it's here and it's affordable. You know, and, and it does give you pause to think that if it, you know, if it only was at midnight and grew in this one little tiny area in a foreign country and was illegal to, to harvest and get, that it would be expensive and be coveted. But let's not be like that because amazing things are available at our fingertips and for our resources. And this happens to be your mechanics, your mechanism that you walk around with. I wish I was selling it. I really do. (laughs) I mean, everybody would want one, right? And it's that accessible. It's free to you. You have it already. As you're hearing these these words, you're using it, you know, and, and you're saying, oh, how does this apply to me? How does this apply to my successful survival? Because the subconscious is really the only part of the body that is 1,000% in your corner and also your stenographer from the time that you're conceived to the time that you transition. We don't know what happens before of the subconscious and we don't know. And when I say no, meaning scientifically no, what happens once we transition. So we don't care. I want to be happy here. I want to be happy now and I want to share this important resource because you have it. It's yours. Well, how did you, uh, I guess, how did you get into this? How did you know? I mean, I know you have a, I'm going to say an exceptional background. You've done really exciting things and modeling and married to a famous architect. And you've done how, you know, in your own life, um, what drew you to this? Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you for asking. I, you know, I had to, I became a keen observer growing up of human behavior and it always intrigued me as to what moved us to do what we did. So that was, that was something I came into this experience with. I was just curious. The next thing is as I really started looking around, like you mentioned in the entertainment industry and, you know, kind of touching on different parts, modeling, writing, acting, all this kind of thing. And then I started thinking, you know, this is, this is interesting, but the whole psychology of it, and by psychology, I don't necessarily mean cognitive behavioral therapy. However, the, the impulses, the intuition, the gut, and I always found it interesting that women, God bless us, that we cornered the market on that or tried to by calling it women's intuition because we all have it. And so as I started exploring that, I did uh, secure a radio show, a talk radio show on KLSX FM uh, 97.1 in Los Angeles, and it was, at the time was the Howard Stern station, and, you know, Howard's Crafts and Howard's all those things, and so I came on as like the softer side and more the humanity, you know, thought part of that station. And in that and in my continuing education, I thought, you know, this hypnosis thing is really wild and really was so easy. I'd been hypnotized for stage fright. I'd been hypnotized for a lot of things in the past. And so I thought that's really kind of where it's at. I need to explore that. And so behind the scenes, you know, because as a, as a, um, client of a hypnotist, I thought, wow, this is the easiest thing I ever did, and it worked. It was the, it was the finite result, the end-user result that got me. And so then as I was looking into more protocols to explore, I thought, this is the one for sure. I just want to check it out. Then I started seeing physical issues go away when people would be hypnotized. I started seeing all of these things. Their life would straighten up. The drugs would go away. The shopping addiction, all of these things. And then not just for problems, amplified performance, athletics, I mean, all kinds of things. You know, there was that study back in 2014, I believe it was, where they had the basketball uh, players and they let people, they did three different control groups. One was to throw free throws for one hour and see what the improvement was. One was to sit and imagine free throws for one hour. And then the last was to do nothing. Obviously, the last group had no improvement. 
the first group had a 24% improvement that actually threw the basketballs for free throws for one hour. The second group, who just thought about it, had a 23% improvement. So these are the stats and the data that come to us about the power of the subconscious mind and the power of imagining. You know, when someone has a problem and an issue, which in the book I call drought, I've named depression drought, and there's three basic times or, or kinds. There's like passing, there's lingering, and then there's habitual. But when you're in drought and you know it and you feel like you can't get out, you have to imagine your way out. Can we imagine Sometimes, our way out in specific because you mentioned smoking, weight loss? Uh, let's take those two. Issues. Those are major issues for most of us. So I want to lose five yes. pounds. Do I, what do I do? So here's the thing. I happen to be inundated right now with weight loss clients. I don't know what it is about this year, but usually, you know, summer is, is that, but it is, it is spectacular this year. And I do believe because it's tied to anxiety and this out of control nature of the feeling in our world right now, when you... Here's what I say to people. I say physicality is physicality. Physics is physics. Less in means you're going to lose the weight. We all know what to eat. We all know what to do. My, my secret sauce is what if you wanted to? What if you wanted to eat healthy? What if my husband just lost 60 pounds and he was hypnotized for 20 minutes? He didn't lose 60 pounds in 20 minutes. (laughs) It took about a year, but he lost 60 pounds from being hypnotized for 20 minutes. I had a colleague hypnotize him because, you know, men can't hear their wives. We speak in dog tone. So he literally lost 60 pounds. He didn't exercise one single day during that. What happened was all of a sudden he believed that salad and healthy food and lean meat and whatever looked better than pasta and cake and this and that and hot dogs and hamburgers. All of a sudden, that looked better to him. He craved it. He wanted it. He sought it out. He took time to plan and prepare. You know, we travel a lot. And so we say no to the nuts on the plane. We say no to the meal they provide, and we bring celery sticks and all these things, which sounds incredibly boring. I mean, as I say it, it sounds horrible. But what if you wanted to? I will tell you right now. I understand that. I I do because I'm a person who I love vegetables. I crave vegetables. You know, I'm listening to you. I actually crave, I'll think, I want I crave spinach, <laughs> uh, and it is that kind Isn't of. That it's, it is. It's, it's the amazing. mindset. You can do that. You can change that. So it doesn't sound really that far off. So, but it took him twenty minutes of being hypnotized to be able to change his. I'm calling it mindset. Is that? Yes. Yes. It, it shifted because because what he did. Here's what he did in the session. He he explained to my colleague the frustration that. He experiences when he sits at the table and when we're out and we socialize a lot, you know, most food is built around communion and built around society and and friends and family, and that's a wonderful thing. But what happens is oftentimes people put their thing, especially cultural people, you know, we have these beautiful Persian friends, we have beautiful Jewish friends, we have beautiful friends all over the world, and people are just eat, 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 it's love. And he, he gets to say, no, thank you. 
No, thank you. No, thank you. I'm good. No, thank you. And really mean it and not feel bad. He's a compassionate, soft man. And so he's like, you know, now he feels like he's okay to say, oh, I'm good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You know, I prefer a hug or whatever. You know, it's nice because it gave him permission. It flipped some switches for him. And of course, I was there during the session because, you know, I like to be a part of it. But it flipped the switches for him, and it gave him permission. Look, there's one thing we can control. It's what goes in our bodies. That's really kind of all we can control. It's all us. He was pre-diabetic. He was on high blood pressure medication. He won't mind me sharing this. He was on, his labs were not great. He's 68 years old. Now he's off of all of it. Every single thing cleared up. Everything. Plus, he must look really gorgeous. He's got to be good looking now. Sixty pounds. That's 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 fantastic. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And so happy. And now he started exercising because now he feels like he has the energy. Now the exercise feeds in. So it's not the reason I don't like folks to be exercising when they're going through this is because that's another process of the subconscious mind as well. So that would be another thing. Just typically, exercise makes you hungrier. It just does. And so the idea is to get the body. What happens is we eat so much junk that we're not feeding our body. So here's the first thing that happens with a weight loss client is they say, I'm not even hungry. When I'm eating this way, I'm not hungry. Now, a... a um, saboteur would say, oh, of course you're not hungry because it's celery you're eating and it's (laughs) all these things you're eating. Nobody would be hungry. But what it is is you're finally feeding your body, not having to scream hunger at you anymore. Literally not having to scream. In addition to that, when you're going through that process, it it seems to me that you also, you just begin to feel better too and that sort of plays on itself as you're eating better foods. You know, people say, yes. And people say the thing about, you know, aging and pain and all this stuff. We used to wake up and we would feel, you know, crunky and we would feel a little tight or a little sore. None of that. Those ebbs and flows during the day of energy, none of that. I mean, I'm telling you, this this whole thing about getting rid of, of, you know, the starches and all of that, so, so important. And even things like eggs and all of those different things that, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Some people can tolerate things that other people can't, obviously. But the beauty is you know and your subconscious is going to help you get there because she knows. You know, I liken it to that little inner eight-year-old that knows the truth. And, you know, you've been around eight-year-olds you know, obviously from your history with your children, but they will call you out. <laughs> and they, Every time your intuition taps you on the shoulder and every time your little gut instinct, you know, screams, you know, don't do it, don't do it, or go for it, please, 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 I urge anyone listening, go do that for a week. Just follow your impulses for a week and see what kind of week you have because that is the ticket. It's simply a manual. Subconscious power is a manual to plug into your own resource. And no one, you know, they say you come into this life alone and you leave alone. Not really, because that little eight-year-old is in there just begging and prodding and knocking and saying, you know, rattling the saber, do it, do it, do it, go, 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 go. And she means it because she has a broader sense of knowledge. There's a very funny exercise I do just to show how brilliant we are without our knowledge. There's, so I take a tear sheet from a magazine that has an image on it. It could be a car, a wheel, an avocado. It doesn't matter what it is. And I fold it up and I put it in an envelope and I seal it. And this is one of the envelopes you cannot see through. 
I hand it out to folks, and I say, just connect with the envelope. Just feel it for a second, and I want you to write on that envelope anything that you feel, anything that comes to you. It could be you could write the word yellow. You could draw a circle. You could, it could be anything. It doesn't matter, and it can be as much or little as you want. Then they open up the envelope, and it is shockingly, I mean, every single time, I take photos of them, they're so amazing, every single time it's something that has something to do with the impression that's inside that envelope, when you had zero access to that impression. For example, the other night I was speaking in New York at this uh, wonderful facility about this, and I handed these out to all these beautiful ladies, and a lady runs up to me, and she says, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, on my envelope I wrote the word me, M-E, me. And so I said, okay. And she opens up her image and it's a piece, like a slice of watermelon. Okay. I said, how does this relate to you? And she said, my last name is Fruit. (laughs) He was, couldn't, first of all, I've never heard of the last name Fruit. But I couldn't believe it because that's how the subconscious works. It might not be, you know, she didn't write melon. She didn't write red with seeds. You know, none of that. It's that little eight-year-old got me. Me. So it thinks in abstracts. It thinks in, I mean, there were so many things. There was another woman that wrote direction, motivation, movement. She opened up her page and the tear sheet said Geico. It was a Geico ad and it said home, auto, boat, you know, RV, movement, direction, you know, all these things that move. It was so amazing. And she put something like security or something and Geico is insurance. So the the eight-year-old gets abstract ideas. It gets the big picture. And so when you can, it's, it's a form of remote viewing. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's very scientific. They can't really explain it. But what it means is that you're able to access information that's not directly available to you. That's fascinating. So let me say, when you leave yeah, the oven Well, you can give us one example house. of that. We only have a few minutes left, and there, uh, there's obviously so much more to talk about uh, in your book because you do, you do apply well, the subconscious power to to problems or to like Alzheimer's. I'm just going to mention them because we don't even have time to talk about them. You've got to read the book, but teen suicide, veterans and PTSD, all of those things, very serious issues. And all yes. of this can be used in, in that context as well. Yes, and actually must be. It's the only pathway out of that. And this book on the third day out was number one new release and number one bestseller on Amazon in its category for this very reason. We are inundated with trouble, and this is the answer using your own resource. 100% natural, 100% organic, 100% sustainable, and 100% private if you choose to keep it that way. The book is simply the manual to get you using your resource. Easiest thing you'll ever do. Uh, Kimberly, Kimberly Friedmutter, what, uh, give us a website we can go to uh, or more than one website for information about the book yeah, and no, about Kimberly, you. Yeah. KimberlyFriedmutter.com is uh, that and I'm available on all those social media stations or whatever channels. And the book is available at retailers nationwide and on Amazon, of course. And great. actually, Thanks so much for the, being on the show today. It was really great talking to you. We all learned a lot. Thank you so much. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. <laughs> <laughs> 